When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is your Boston Bruins post-game recap brought to you by the Fans First Sports Network and the Big Bad Bees Podcast Network. I'm Jake Reiser. It's Thursday, March 23rd. And for some reason that the hockey gods only know why, for the only time this season, the Montreal Canadiens roll into town to take on the streaking Boston Bruins. Montreal having a pretty rough year, sitting 15th in the conference. They might be finding some pieces. They might not be finding some pieces, but they are certainly not putting it all together this year. Coming into a Bruins team who's on a four-game win streak, had a nice win earlier in the week to restart their homestand against the Ottawa Senators, looking to keep it going against Montreal. This was going to be a really interesting one in any case, whether the Bruins won or not. It's a good litmus test for two teams who have such a history with each other but are on such opposite sides of the standings, whether this was still going to feel like a rivalry game or not. And my, oh my, did this feel like the days of old. This was a chippy, aggressive, really feisty game from the get-go. Something that the Bruins don't exactly see a lot of. I mean, they see a lot of teams who want to play hard against them because that's one of the ways you have to beat the Bruins is you have to make it really hard to play against them. But this was even more than that. This was just chippiness. This was just anger. Stupid penalties, I will say. But... This was a lot of what looked like a classic Montreal Canadiens-Boston Bruins hockey game. And for the Bees, they would still come out on top 4-2. I wouldn't say it was their best game, but I would say that they did just enough. And sometimes that's all you need to get by to get a victory. That's all they needed tonight. Definitely some interesting highlights to go around. Tyler Bertuzzi, congratulations with your first goal, finally, as a Boston Bruin. And it had to come in a weird way. You know, you've been playing a really good game. You've been making some nice assists. But, of course, your first goal would come on such a weird double doink off the back of a a Canadian's defender's skate and then off of Jake Allen's pad and in. 
So at least you got one, and hopefully that gets you off to Schneid for a little bit. Jake DeBrusque's hands are just filthy. I will commend Connor Clifton coming right out of the box and making that beautiful feed. But from there, you could really see the chippiness come in. And I don't know whether it was just frustration on Montreal's part going down too. Boston, I think, took certainly the most egregious of the penalties, which is A.J. Greer's cross-checking major and misconduct against um, Mike Hoffman. I guess that's why we have Jacob Lauko, who will probably slide into his spot pending any suspension that Greer gets, because that was just a stupid, stupid penalty. But Marshawn getting into it, and rightfully so, after Bergeron got caved in in his head by the shoulder elbow of Rem Pitlick. So I super commend Brad Marshawn for getting in there and saying, hey, I might be um, one of the greater players on this team, but I'm never going to be afraid to stand up for my captain. I will give him a hell of a lot of credit for that. Um, Charlie McAvoy and Jake Evans going at it. Again, the Greer penalty, a little stupid. I'd say the chippiness kind of settled down from there as far as penalties go, but there was just this edge all game of just hits and little stick taps and things like that that just make it such a classic Bruins-Canadians hockey game. Things that concern me, the penalty kill was not great tonight. Gave up two power play goals, one on the major, which to me, I guess a major goal is understandable. It's five minutes on the power play. It was late in the first period. You give up one to Nick Suzuki on a one-timer. Jeremy Swayman's shutout streak had to end at some point. Man, Jeremy Swayman is so good. I know I've said that the last few podcast episodes, but Jeremy Swayman is so good, and we're very lucky to have him alongside Linus Allmark. Um, but then you also give up on the Kirby Doc on a tip, and... I just don't know what's up with this penalty kill and whether they actually miss Forbert more than they think they do. And I'll turn it to the flip side and that the power play is looking anemic again. 0 for 5. It could have really killed the Canadians tonight. You could have been up 5-2, 6-2. You get one goal and it makes a big difference to the momentum of this game. But I don't know what's going on with that power play. Lots of one and dones. Lots of getting stifled at the blue line. Maybe three feet in the zone. Quick turnovers. One and dones. Sweep uh, in and outs. It frankly... Um, it looks like the Canadians' power play, too. They were just stagnant or were doing too much. They just looked out of sync. And it's something that has to get corrected before the playoffs start. Um, I was reading on ESPN Plus today. I believe it was Greg Wyshynski's article about things that could ruin these playoff teams going forward. And he said, of course, the Bruins are like the diamond right now. Like, it's hard to find the blemish on a diamond. But that little fingerprint smudge right now is the power play that is running dry. It's a little bit better in March than it was in February. I think the article said 12% in February, 16% in the month of March so far. That drops with the 0 for 5 tonight. But still, that smudge is something that certainly has to be taken care of. How about scoring empty net goals, guys? Please, Brad, I appreciate the selflessness as a teammate trying to get Brad, uh, David Posternock his 50th goal of the season. David Pasternak scored a beauty tonight anyway. He should be happy with that. But sometimes you just got to ice that game. You never know what's going to happen. And you had the clearest of lanes in the middle of the ice, and you chose to look for pasta. And while I commend the selflessness you have as a teammate, sometimes you really do just got to say, you know what? I got to slam it into the goal. I got to salt this game away and... Just give everybody some peace of mind that this game is done and over with. Um, 
Connor Clifton would be one of my stars of the game tonight with two really fabulous assists. The first one I talked about on Jake DeBrusque's goal that he comes right out of the box and makes a nice pass that springs Jake DeBrusque through, I believe, two Canadians defenders for his own kind of created breakaway. Really impressive. And then on David Krejci's goal, he takes that kind of shot pass knowing Krejci's in front of Jake Allen Hits the tape of Krejci perfectly for him to flip that backhand just over Jake Allen's pad. That was a beautiful goal for Krejci. But I super commend Connor Clifton for the setups that he had tonight. I think for a guy, I know that the Bruins defense is getting rotated in and out a little bit. We saw Jakob Zaboro come into the game tonight who's playing on and off. But for a guy like Clifton who I guess now is on that bubble with so much depth and is getting rotated out of the lineup a little bit more than I think he would have been last season with the way that the roster construction was. It's important for him to have impact moments like that. And so to have two assists be a plus three on the night, I know plus minus isn't the best measure of statistics. I know it isn't, but empirically to be putting points on the board and to be looking good when you only have 15 minutes of the time on ice. It was actually the least time on ice for all defensemen tonight, aside from Zavoral. So as someone who was a regular last year and maybe isn't exactly a regular in the back half of the season, just because of the way roster construction is, it's good for him to make his presence known on the ice. That's for sure. AJ Greer, man, what are you doing? Just a dumb penalty when you're the guy who's also in that rotation bubble and the guy who takes your place in the lineup when you're not in it, Jacob Lauko, is doing the complete opposite, is drawing penalties like it's literally his only job to do so. That's kind of how you write yourself out of a lineup come playoff time. And look, Greer was fantastic in the beginning of the season. I think we all got swept up in his preseason performance his first couple of games of the season and it's not like he's played poorly for most of the year but it's just when you do stupid things like that and you're coming down to crunch time and there's a guy who's also playing really well who's on your tail for that fourth line roster spot those are the kinds of decisions taking stupid major penalties like that getting yourself kicked out of a game that make it or break it. If it had been if it had been the response to Patrice Bergeron, if you got kicked out of that game standing up for that Patrice Bergeron hit like Brad Marchand did, that's one thing. And I say, okay, stupid, yes. Commendable, sure. That was just stupid as a stupid does. I'm sorry, AJ, but that's the stuff that's gonna get you written out of the lineup going forward. Um back to positives though. Jeremy Swayman, yes, his shutout streak is finished at like 164 minutes, but he's just stood so tall tonight against a lot of good Canadians' chances. I saw two other people who are relevant in the Bruins content sphere, Connor Ryan and Evan Marinovsky, on their podcast earlier this week talking about whether Swayman and Olmark should tandem going into the playoffs, and it's a bit unheard of. That's a bit of an understatement. That's pretty unheard of to have a tandem going into the playoffs. People can make the argument that we saw it last year, but I think it's just because Allmark didn't really show his true form and they had to have Swayman come in and things just kind of fell apart from there. I don't know the answer to that because the playoffs, you always like to ride the hot hand. And yeah, it's great to have two phenomenal goaltenders in Allmark and Swayman who are both battling it out right now. 
But then again, these guys are each in such a phenomenal rhythm. You wonder whether it just kind of throws off the rhythm of your opponent. So you go, okay, we got Allmark one night. Now we get Swayman the other night. We get Allmark the next night, Swayman the next night. And it's just back to back to back to back. These two guys who continue to not only make great saves themselves, but pick each other up. The goalie hug is my favorite thing in all of hockey. But these guys who just continue to pick each other up and have this friendly competition. At, I know Jeremy Swimman was really trying for that empty net goal tonight. He was so close. He had two chances that both got blocked by Canadians in the zone. But I think it'd be really interesting to see these two guys not necessarily battle it out during the playoffs, but continue to keep the rhythm that they have sharing the net. I know that the playoffs, you generally ride that horse, but you have two horses. You may as well have them both stay as fresh as possible while you beat down opponents. I don't know. You may as well. In the end, I wouldn't call tonight's game a beatdown, but I'll definitely take it as a good pat on the back. The Bruins continue to get closer to clinching the Atlantic Division finally. They could have clinched it tonight with a Toronto Maple Leafs loss to the Florida Panthers that did not happen. So we'll see in the coming days the ways that the Bruins can clinch the division. But all in all tonight, certainly a good enough win for the Boston Bruins. They'll look back and go, yep, good rivalry game. We played pretty well. On to the next one. Certainly on to the next one. It's a matinee Saturday, 1 o'clock against the Tampa Bay Lightning. What is going on in South Florida? Tampa's going to be coming off of a horrendous loss to the Ottawa Senators tonight, 7-2. to two. They're probably going to come out looking for blood. The Bruins hopefully are ready for that. It's going to be a really fun one. Although, tonight was certainly fun. Opponent looking for a little bit of blood. Bruins extracted their pound of flesh. Bruins take a 4-2 victory over the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday night. I'm Jake Reiser. We'll see you after Saturday afternoon's game. Mm-hmm.